and welcome to Fast Pass the Past, the Theme Park History Podcast, Episode 7. Have you ever wondered what is the origin story behind your favorite attractions and theme parks? Well, you're in the right place. However, this week we're talking about one of the most despised attractions of all time, one that supposedly even angered the gods. I'm your host, Austin Carroll. I'm a huge history nerd and a former Disneyland cast member. Another fun fact, as I've said before in previous episodes, especially the last two, I grew up in Florida in the 1990s, frequenting Disney World and, if memory serves, this very despised attraction. Although some of you may be remiss to hear this growing up, I knew this disastrous overlay of a beloved attraction to be the only Enchanted Tiki Room. <laughs> I thought this was Enchanted Tiki Room until actually 2012. And I, of course, am talking about the Enchanted Tiki Room under new management attraction, which was a catastrophic 1990s overlay of Walt Disney's beloved Tiki Room attraction in Florida. It included crude humor, Lago from Aladdin, Zazu from The Lion King, and it actually ended its run immersed in flames. Even if you never had the misfortune to experience under new management, today we're going to discuss just how and why such a strange overlay ended up in the middle of Disney World's Adventureland. Ole, ole, it's showtime! In the tiki 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 room, in the tiki 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 room, all the birds sing word and the flowers croon, in the tiki 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 Now, before we get to its fiery end, let's start at the beginning. On opening day of the Walt Disney's Magic Kingdom, under new management or even a modified version of Walt Disney's Anaheim Enchanted Tiki Room was far from anyone's mind. Instead, the tiki room that existed when Magic Kingdom opened its gates on October 1st, 1971 was basically a grander virtual copy of the original California version. This new attraction was dubbed Tropical Serenade, and it benefited from the towering so-called Sunshine Pavilion it was housed in that drew guests in from the central hub of the park. So basically, if you were standing on Main Street, you could look over to Adventureland and see the Sunshine Pavilion. Like the 1963 Anaheim attraction that introduced auto-animatronics to the world, this new Tropical Serenade copy was a testament to Walt Disney's imagination and the skill of his Imagineers. Although Walt Disney died five years prior to the opening of Walt Disney World, the copy of his beloved and very popular Enchanted Tiki Room encapsulated a beautiful piece of his legacy in the new park for new guests to enjoy. Many regard both Disneyland's Enchanted Tiki Room and Magic Kingdom's identical Tropical Serenade among Disney's best-ever attractions. It even commandeered a D-ticket when it first opened. The origin of the Enchanted Tiki Room's animatronics is really quite a beautiful one. According to the Disney Parks blog, Walt traveled to France in the late 1950s. While shopping, his eyes beheld a bird in a gilded cage chirping and singing its beak moving. But this bird was alive only through mechanical invention. 
Walt, being the determined person he was, brought the bird in the gilded cage, an item that most people would, like, place on their counter as, like, a conversation piece. But for Walt, this bird perhaps held the secret of breathing three-dimensional life into the birds and bees and the rest of the beings that populated his animated motion pictures. So he put the bird in the gilded cage in the care of his imagineers to figure out what made it chirp and move, and thus began the quest that would reach a milestone on June 23, 1963, with the opening of the Tiki Room at Disneyland Park, the first audio animatronics production. So how and why would Disney turn a revered Walt original into a strange tribute to bad 90s culture? Glad you asked. At least Tropical Serenade serenaded Walt Disney World guests for over two decades. However, as those original spectacular animatronics were incorporated into more attractions such as Splash Mountain and Jungle Cruise, it is fair to say Tropical Serenade lost its luster. Although beloved by Disney enthusiasts for its title as a Walt Disney original, the actual audiences in the queue began to dwindle significantly as the new millennium approached. In the mid-1990s, the first sign of trouble arose. On the other side of the country, Disneyland's original version got knifed up. Okay, not really. But the song was cut out, shortening the show from 18 minutes to 14, which was way more manageable for children of the 21st century. In fact, the tightened up version still plays at Disneyland today, although some Disney diehards may still complain about it, but honestly, I believe the show is much stronger for it. Shortly thereafter, construction walls went up around the Sunshine Pavilion in Disney World. After 26 years of serenades, the birds sung their swan songs on September 1, 1997. There was no official statement, and fans were really left to fear the worst. 1993 was a particularly tumultuous time for the Walt Disney Company, and budgets were being slashed left and right due to the Euro Disney in Paris consistently failing to meet financial expectations. And I think some of you will remember this from our brilliant boat ride episode and several other. I mean, it's just with Disney cutbacks in the 1990s, it was a huge time of confusion. Just across the Magic Kingdom, actually, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea's submarine voyage attraction was shuttered under the guise of a seasonal refurbishment that turned out to be permanent. The budget slashing also closed Magic Kingdom's Skyway, canceled a revamp of Disneyland's Tomorrowland, and gave us the very boring Journey into Imagination attraction at Epcot. Also, the original low-budget county fair, California Adventure, in 2001. Okay, I'm, I'm done with budget slashing, but fans were very concerned, basically, that this area of Adventureland may remain dark for quite a while and possibly forever. That wouldn't have come as a giant shock, although there was not a lot of on-site staffing required by the original Tiki Room, the extensive amount of animatronic birds did require an entire team of maintenance workers and frequent repairs. This cost coupled with declining popularity, well, it wouldn't be the first time a Disney attraction was shuttered for failing to impress new guests. 
However, it turns out Disney executives didn't intend to close Tropical Tornade at all. They just wanted to update it for a new audience, a 90s audience, and they knew just the birds to do it. If you were working in any division of the Walt Disney Company during the 1990s, you wanted to be working at the animation studios. Well, parks floundered with the new Euro Disney, Walt Disney feature animation had a spectacular 1990s, with many harkening it as a Disney renaissance. This turned out such classics as The Lion King in 1994 and Aladdin in 1992, which combined grossed about $1.5 billion, not accounting for inflation. Other films of this era include The Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, Mulan, Tarzan, and Hercules. On the backs of this success, Disney had begun to insert their new beloved characters into the Disney parks, starting with the once-off-limits Epcot pavilions and throughout Magic Kingdom's once really detailed new Tomorrowland. This is, of course, seen very clearly through the Buzz Lightyear Space Ranger spin based on Toy Story 2, which opened in 1998, and Stitch's Great Escape, which came out in the early 2000s. Don't worry, though, we'll dedicate a whole other podcast episode to Stitch's Great Escape, another despised theme park attraction. Likewise, management decided that the Tiki Room needed a bit more character. Luckily, they already had two birds in their portfolio. Just eight months after its closure, the Sunshine Pavilion emerged sporting a new marquee. The Enchanted Tiki Room, under new management, opened on April 5th, 1998, with Jafar's sidekick Igo from Aladdin and Mufasa's advisor Zazu from The Lion King at the helm. So, how did this even work? Those two supporting players from the hit animated Disney features were not the characters that you'd expect to really get along or really be championing a business in Adventureland. And honestly, it really didn't make that much sense in the attraction either. A brief and confusing pre-show attributed this dilemma to their talent agents, two toucans named William and Morris, a nod to the Hollywood agencies of the same name. As the audience waited, they bickered back and forth using puns about birds and Hollywood lingo while underneath a tropical waterfall surrounded by Pacific Island charm. Here's a short sample of this extinct pre-show, captured for eternity by theme park fans. Hey, what are you doing here, William? What are you doing here, Morris? I just flew in from Hollywood. My client's the new owner of this bird cage. What? Are you cuckoo? My client's the new owner. Disney gave me an exclusive. Co-exclusive. Didn't you read your contract? I gave it a bird's eye glance. And you call yourself a talent agent? I negotiated my tail feathers off for this deal. Well, my client does not share credit. He's a very big bird. Your client is Big Bird? Not Big Bird. A Big Bird, you bird brain. Inside, the Tiki Room didn't really fare much better. However, when you first entered the room, it looked familiar. It looked just like it did back when it was Tropical Serenade. The show even begins with the same dialogue. The rest of the 10-minute show takes a far different path than the original. To the tune of A Friend Like Me from Aladdin, Igo sings about what a famous movie star he is. One verse goes like this, You are boring, Tiki Birds. I'm a big celebrity. That's why I'm going to go and change your show. Ain't it great to have a friend like me? Not really, actually, but... The pop music replaced the timeless sounds of Polynesia, including songs like Hot, 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 
Conga, and in the still of the night, sung by the tiki birds and gods alike. However, even at its most superficial level, the animatronic figures of Igo and Zazu didn't seem to fit the attraction. Their animated cartoonish character designs looked out of place compared to the more realistic and though gently exaggerated style of the birds and flowers reused from the original attraction. While the old version was relaxing and charming, the new version with Shrilago was cynical and jarring. Under new management went on to be arguably the most panned enhancement to an existing attraction in theme park history. Many guests describe it as the tiki room minus the songs you loved, and with the added benefit of some self-deprecating put-downs, a pretty scary animatronic goddess with a bad temper, and some jokes that likely made this show feel like a miscalculated sequel than a tribute to a timeless and beloved attraction. However, I slightly disagree. To an entire generation of 90s children, myself included, this was the enchanted tiki room I grew up watching. And honestly, I didn't hate it. Nevertheless, I thought it would be fun to read some of the other terrible reviews of this extinct attraction via WDWMagic.com. I'll link to these in the show notes as well if you'd like a good laugh. One one and a half star review reads just what? That's it. Just what? Another review states, they ruined the original. However, I know some of you will be dismayed to hear this, but some people actually agree that this attraction wasn't the worst thing to ever happen to Walt Disney World. One long four and a half star review states, I am also in agreement with those who think this was a great update to Walt Disney World's aging tiki room. The Imagineers that worked on it, who obviously have a major amount of love and respect for the original tiki show, tried so hard to save and keep the look and feel of the original alive while bringing in new things in an attempt to save the tiki room from the chopping block. What most purists don't realize is the majority of the guests were either falling asleep or getting up walking out of the theater in the middle of the show when the original was still running at Walt Disney World, which was the main reason why they supposedly wanted to get rid of it at first. After all, losing such a class attraction altogether for just another shop or restaurant would have been a much worse and more likely would have angered the purists even more. In order to stay somewhat neutral... I will say that technically the show was very advanced for its time. The new animatronics, Igo, Zazu, and the Tiki Goddess of Disaster were stunning to watch, if not exactly crowd-pleasing. The updates to lighting and effects also went a long way into creating what was, in my opinion at least, an interesting attraction. I must admit it wasn't a timeless one. As a seasonal overlay, or even as a temporary overlay, it could have been beloved in pretty much the same way as Jingle Cruise, the seasonal overlay to Jungle Cruise in Magic Kingdom and in some years Disneyland. As it stands though, it was doomed to be compared to its predecessor, and even for an attraction designed to evoke the late 1990s, it dated itself instantly. Some of the songs it debuted with were already a decade old by 1998. Luckily for those so-called purists, the Tiki Gods must have been on their side. According to a January 12, 2011 article published by the Orlando Sentinel, firefighters were called to the park's The Enchanted Tiki Room under new management about 5.30 p.m. on a Wednesday. Fire Department spokesman Bo Jones said a small fire in the attic of the attraction was extinguished by fire sprinklers. 
The cause of the fire was still under investigation. Jones said crew were still working to determine the extent of the damage, but he said it appeared the sprinklers had kept the fire from spreading to other structures at Adventureland. From the news story, it sounded relatively minor, but the attraction was unable to open. There was no follow-up press release from Disney to provide more details, including what started the fire in the first place. And this is actually not the first time that we have talked about a fire, and no one has any idea what started it. The first time would actually be on the Disneyland Dangerous Attractions podcast we did, where we talked about a flash fire on the Matterhorn that was never solved. Apparently. Luckily, the internet of Disney fans, which had come about by this time, was ready to speculate when and what would reopen. Consistent with the news accounts of the fire sprinklers, one story said that there was significant water damage, especially to electronics. An unconfirmed story also said that the charred Igo at the end of the show survived, but the uncharred Igo from the beginning of the show was heavily burned and damaged. By late March, several Disney fan blogs had reported in no uncertain terms that when the attraction reopened, a new management would be gone and the original Tropical Sernade would be back. It made sense. The original attraction never went away at Disneyland. A skillfully executed 2005 restoration restored its popularity. With good maintenance and a resurgence in the popularity of mid-century tiki culture, Disneyland had a strong attraction. With the 40th anniversary of the Magic Kingdom approaching on October 1st, 2011, a return of the original show there might get a similar guest response. The opening date kept slipping, though. On April 7th, the Daily Magic Kingdom calendar at the official Walt Disney World website said the refurbishment would go through June 30th. The next day, on April 8th, the date changed to August 15th. The website still called it the Enchanted Tiki Room under new management. In early August 2011, after four months of silence, Disney Imagineers made it to D23, their annual fan gathering. The attraction would reopen as Walt Disney's Enchanted Tiki Room. They announced the same name as Disneyland since the landmark attraction opened in 1963. The original charm would be back, but not the original Florida name. According to the blog, quote, Walt Disney Enchanted Tiki Room at Walt Disney World Resort pays tribute to the original Disneyland show, maintaining the original intent created by Walt Disney and his original team of Imagineers. At the same time, it features some modern technology, a state-of-the-art show control system, remastered audio, and a new versatile and energy-efficient lighting system. On August 15, 2011, Walt Disney's Enchanted Tiki Room opened at the Magic Kingdom, celebrating the steady and easygoing simplicity of the islands and featuring the full and beloved version of the Tiki 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 Room No Interruptions. <laughs> I think it's pretty safe to say it will remain that way at Walt Disney World and Disneyland for as long as the parks remain open. But you never know. I mean, Moana is pretty popular, so we'll see. <laughs> but if you're still feeling nostalgic for some of that not-so-classic under-new-management humor, you can rewatch the entire thing, minus the actual fire online. You can also visit the goddess in her new digs across the Seven Seas Lagoon at Trader Sam's Grog Grotto in the Polynesian Resort. And you can also learn more about that because we did an episode on Trader Sam's. Also, one reference did remain until a couple years ago. If you recall the now-archived Aladdin, a musical spectacular show at Disney California Adventure, 
Jeannie adeptly calls Igo a tiki room reject, and that he is. However, Walt Disney World isn't the only one to attempt a total tiki redo. In fact, they were just the only one that didn't have so much success. Across the ocean, the Polynesian Ocean, that is, of the Pacific. I don't know why I said that. Okay. Across the ocean, a third rewritten show of Walt Disney's classic debuted in 1999 at Tokyo Disneyland. From 1983 until 1999, Tokyo Disneyland had the third copy of the Disneyland classic. However, in the late 1990s, Tokyo Disney ran into the same problem as Walt Disney World, declining and bored audiences. Although technically brilliant, this docile original wasn't all that engaging for Japanese audiences. In 1999, the Enchanted Tiki Room underwent a complete facelift, becoming the Enchanted Tiki Room now playing Get the Fever, which was a madcap Las Vegas-style review show in a jungle nightclub. The show was presented in Japanese and used extensive colorful lighting and contemporary songs. Luckily enough, I found a version translated into English, if you're interested, that I can link to in the show notes. Hold it, boys. We just need to get a little bolder. Let lava show you how to make them smolder. Throw me some light. Oh, baby, dig the heat and feel the beat. That's it, everyone. You're cooking now. Less than a decade later, the cabaret show changed again in 2008, becoming the Enchanted Tiki Room Stitch Presents Aloha e Como Mai. An animatronic stitch was added to the fun. He even appears with a tiny ukulele. I will, of course, feature this version in the show notes as well. It's pretty much necessary viewing, despite being in Japanese. Many purists see this as a complete and total bastardization. However, any hatred one might have toward the idea of Stitch taking over the untouchable, pure tiki room evaporates really as you see the Japanese guests flock in, sing along, smile, cheer, and gaze in the wonder of the impressive Stitch animatronic, and it's just really fun. After all, that is one thing that they love in Japan, and that's Stitch. And it's Stitch merchandise, so I guess that's two things. Stitch and Stitch merchandise. I'm heading to Tokyo in April, and I, for one, cannot wait to experience such a fun revamp of the Tiki Room. Although I know purists may have a heart attack now that they know what awaits them on the other side of the world. Tiki 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 out. It's time for another segment of That Costs How Much? That Costs How Much is a segment on the show where we look at current limited edition merchandise and past theme park memorabilia that is going for more than the price of admission on eBay and auction sites. 
Unfortunately, I could only find two pieces of memorabilia immortalizing everyone's least favorite 1990s attraction. The first was a small Disney Enchanted Tiki Room, Lion King, Under New Management, Zazu, Aladdin, Igo, Metal Pin, going for $55. There's also a 1998 promotional button talking about the coming of an Under New Management, which is a steal at $5.89. In the profitable world of Disneyana, the original Tiki Room merchandise wins out by a landslide. I found the original cast Tiki shirts going for over $600, and a Disney 2017 D23 exclusive Tiki Room inspired shirt running at almost $200. But I mean if you if you got it Tiki fixed, you got to got to scratch it. I don't know what I'm saying. But thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed your trip into the enchanted Tiki 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 Room even if it was under new management. You can find the show notes for this episode as well with links to all of our social media profiles on our website at themeparkhistorypodcast.com. And you can also email me if you want to be on the show or if you have any ideas or if you just want to say hi. And you can do that at fastpasstothepast at gmail.com. If you would be so kind, I would love it if you could leave me an iTunes review. That would be really, really amazing. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you again soon. Have a magical day. In the tiki 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 room, in the tiki 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 room, all the birds sing word and the flowers croon. In the tiki 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 room.